Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! Remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. Buckle up here on a Wednesday. It is October 30th, 2019. And never in uh, the world of sports and sports investing are there two better words to wake up to than Game 7, which is exactly what we are going to be treated to tonight in the World Series. Can't believe it. Major League Baseball World Series Game 7. Do or die, winner take all World Championship at stake, and it is going to be a hell of a lot of fun given, well, how we got to this spot to begin with because Game 6 was a lot of things. Uh, Not interesting or boring, I don't think, is uh, our words that you will ever hear to describe what happened in that game last night. Unbelievable, guys. And how great is that last night? It didn't really have to compete with anything. I mean, who the hell wants to watch an 80-year-old LeBron James play basketball anyway? Uh, so that wasn't really exciting. Uh, this was it. This was the only game on uh, in town there yesterday. And I can't wait to see what the ratings were. And more importantly, I can't wait to see after the outcome and all the buzz from last night. What are the ratings going to be for Game 7 tonight? Again, not going up against a whole lot nationally, regionally, you'll have a much more basketball on the card here tonight. But this was in just about every way it delivered on every front. If you were watching it from pitch one, you couldn't take your eyes off of it. And if you made it or just happened to turn on the game somewhere around the fifth or sixth inning, yeah, you were treated to drama upon drama upon more drama. And ultimately, when it was all said and done, you've got two guys that heads and tails above everybody else that have delivered on a stage more consistently than anybody else on the field. That being Steven Strasburg and Anthony Rendon, who ironically happens to be from Houston. So how cool was that? Uh, But guys, it was absolutely amazing. And to say that Strasburg All of that bubble wrap early on in his career, guys, it all led to that moment last night. They finally completely unbubble wrapped him. No more excuses. I don't know a person, a Washington Nationals fan, Dane, that's been around from uh, from the beginning who watched those guys lose to the Cardinals in the National League Championship Series because they shut him down. I think in, in one game last night, all was forgiven with how they handled Strasburg through his entire career because eight and a third innings, two runs, uh, and gives them everything they needed in order to set up a game seven and be ready for a, not where they're mixing and matching. Um, unbelievable. Strasburg delivered 5-0 and in the postseason, Dane. I don't know that it gets any better than what we've seen from him this year. Yeah, no, I think uh, you're absolutely right there, Joe. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Degenerates. Let's make it rain. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. What a game 
Joe. Absolutely ridiculous, okay? I'm trying to go over the stories to see, like, which one you would name as the headline first. You know what I mean? And there were so many things to choose from. You talk about Rendon and Strasburg. I'll submit Juan Soto as someone who also, you know, um, the moment is not too big for him. But we talk about it, obviously. I thought it was real interesting, the Bregman and Soto, like, not bat flips, but hand the bat to the to the first base coach when they were going around tit for tat. But you're right. Steven Strasburg is the headline story here. 104 pitches. He goes eight in the third innings. He gets, mm. you know, hit up a little bit in the first inning. And I don't know if you saw this, Joe. The pitching coach, Paul Menhart, told him in the dugout after the first mm. inning that he was tipping his pitches. It seems like everybody's tipping their pitches against the Houston Astros. It seems like Strasburg was doing it he said afterwards he would shake his glove a little bit more in innings two and on and he only gave up three hits after that but you know from the idea of them shutting him down and not pitching in the playoffs to quote-unquote save him because they thought they would be there every year to now on what could be his last start as a Washington National remember him and Garrett Cole are free agents in the offseason to them letting him empty the tank, go back out there for the ninth and get through eight and a third. It was an incredible game between Strasburg's performances, the the home runs back and forth. The, and, and we haven't even gotten to the Trey Turner play yet in the seventh inning, Joe. Yeah, it, it was filled. Any one of those storylines on their own would have been, you know, enough to be able to carry the game and carry the excitement into game seven. But it was you had, you know, four or five different things happening in that game last night, all within a uh, a nine inning game that proves once again, the baseball gods have a very unique way of making the universe all correct. And it doesn't take a all week, a lie. month, a year. It only takes within nine innings. And uh, whether it's uh, Bregman or uh, Soto, what goes around comes around. In the game of baseball, it has for over 115 years, guys. It's just a very unique sport from that standpoint where you don't have to get them next year. Usually when a team gets really hosed, it comes back at some point within those nine innings. And uh, it had a lot of that last night. And we'll get into the the umpires and Joe Torrey and uh, yeah. everything else that happened in that seventh <laughs> inning. The audio uh, but, in the dugout was incredible. Yeah, Joe. let us not forget, guys, <laughs> that the uh, the other big storyline last night was there was a dude warming up in the bullpen named Max yep. Scherzer, who Quarter will now be ready thing. to rock and roll here tonight in game seven for the Nationals. They only had to use one relief pitcher last night, that being Sean Doolittle, who, by the way, is the least used of all the guys in the bullpen. So he, too, will be ready to go tonight, as will Patrick Corbin. All hands will be on deck for the Nationals as well as the Astros. Granky will toe the line. And early lines right now, we had talked around maybe minus 150, minus 160 uh, yesterday for the Astros. A little less than that, minus 125, minus 130 is what we're seeing somewhere around you know, maybe about 10 or 15 cents more than what the Nats are at this particular point. Uh, but I got to say, man, it's I didn't check the series price yet or I don't know if there was uh, anything left there. But we told you yesterday, guys, grab the six to one while yeah. you could, because a game seven, it's a coin flip. And I think it'll eventually get there, Dane. I think it'll be maybe minus 110 on both sides, possibly. 
Uh, but they're still going to give credit to the Astros and the home team. But Vandal why? has it minus 140. Vandal has yeah, it uh, minus so 140. There you, you. go. Uh, guys, they haven't won a home game yet. Neither team oh, has won a home game. <laughs> you would think the edge is to the away team here. Uh, records upon records. We got the audio. We'll let you hear it if you missed it. We'll dive into the NFL as well. Storylines for more coming up next here. Let's make it rain. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. What you got going on there, guys? You have an unbelievable game six win by the Washington Nationals. Everything that they needed to have happen, happened, giving us and setting up what is going to be an absolutely epic game seven situation when Max Scherzer will be taking the mound, isn't it? And again, we talked about it, Dane, that the baseball gods have a funny way of working. Here we are thinking this poor guy is going to, you know, they're they're doomed. He, he couldn't start game five. He's probably done. Now they've lost him. What happens? Well, you know, uh, they lost him for game five. But you know what? They've got him for game seven. And he's got, uh, I, I would imagine he's got more needles stuck in him than a horse on Breeders' Cup weekend here. Uh, the, he is going to have a lot of stuff pumping through his veins, ready to rock and roll here tonight. And Zach Greinke on the other side, guys. Let's not forget Zach. Uh, Zach Greinke will be going, and I am sure they will, they will have to, A.J. Hinch, if it comes to it, will have to uh, defend himself from Garrett Cole wanting to get into this game at some point here tonight if they need him. Uh, it'll be all hands on deck, which is exactly, Dane, in this World Series. Quite honestly, I don't know that you'd want it anyplace else. We've never seen a World Series where not one home team won a game. Not not one team won a home game. Everything has been away. It's the first time it's ever happened. If the Nationals win tonight, they too will set another record. They will be the first team to ever win a World Series having never won a game at home. And it's crazy to think 115 World Series and we've never had this happen. It really is truly unique. Also, when you look at the numbers, guys, let me just... The the Astros were 60 and 21 at home this year in the regular right. season. They right. were five and one at home in the postseason going into the World Series. Right. They're now 0-3 at home right now. It's I can't tell you how crazy it is that we're even having this conversation. 
But I do think, and we've we've talked about this uh, all throughout the series, Dan, on how you know there's no substitute for experience, grit, and having your back up against the wall, right? And we had talked about the Nationals. That was the fourth, the fourth time they faced elimination these playoffs. Three of the four times they have been able to stave off the elimination, they did so because Strasburg was on the mound. Uh, but they were right. – that was a very familiar spot to them. And we had always said – the thing with the Astros is what kind of – you know, when when did they get pushed? Like, when did they ever – they went to a game five with Tampa, but quite honestly, you, were, you had Verlin. You were the better team. You were going to win that game anyway, and you blew them out. But this is all year long. I mean, this this Nationals team for only winning 19 of the first 50 games to making that run at the end, all they have ever done is get their backs up against the wall, Dane, and deliver. And they did it again. Now, unfortunately, if they don't win, nobody will ever remember that. But it's worth mentioning that this team has performed at its best when its back has been up against the wall. Yeah, and listen... <sighs> We've I, I talked about this going into the playoffs, right? These are one of those teams that were mm. going through, you know, had like five teams fighting for two spots within four games of each other. You know, yeah. I talked about how they were hot. I talked about how they bounced back. I talk about how they've won in a lot of different ways. You know, before this, uh, before losing three in a row at home, the Nationals were something like 18 and two in their last 20. And they were doing it with pitching. They were doing it with timely hitting. They were doing it with the emergence of their 20, 21 year old stud Juan Soto. So absolutely, it does bear uh, witness, you know, and, and, Yesterday also, Joe, I mean, we have the the bat flip home runs. We have the Trey Turner play, which we're going to hear the audio of. We have Davey Martinez almost having another actual heart attack on the field, right? But let's also check, Joe, on what we've been looking at all series. What do you know? The Houston Astros hitless with runners in scoring position last night. And it's not like Altuve didn't have a chance. It's not like they didn't have runners on second and third. And the Nationals do get two hits with runners in scoring position. Clutch hits. The Rendon homer to tack on in the seventh. And that's another difference. That speaks, Joe, to like you're saying, the spirit of this team. They keep battling. It doesn't matter. You run out Ross when Scherzer goes down. You know, I mean, that's the way these guys will play and win or lose tonight I think you are correct and uh I wonder what Bryce Harper is thinking about this because this energy mm. right Joe this feeling that their their toughness that's something they didn't have when they had a 300 million dollar man but they're ready to go tonight I will say Joe we got to see how Max Scherzer wakes up because backs are a tricky thing he could feel great yesterday after the shot but we'll see how he wakes up tonight. I will say this. Uh, there's going to be a lot of, you know, quarter zone flowing. And there'll be a lot of Zoloft flowing for Zach Granke as well. Are those PEDs? Mm, yeah, it's a good it's a, it's a good point there. Quarter zone and Zoloft? I, are those not I like PEDs? Because those are going to be coursing through our starting pitchers for Game 7's veins tonight, Joe. I think they figured out the, uh, the certainly the right dosage level for both. So I think they'll both be ready to rock and roll. There won't be any excuses uh, here tonight. He'll be ready to go. Uh, he won't feel anything until, of course, tomorrow. At that point, he can lay in bed for the months. next six months. Nobody's going to give a crap. Uh, but he will be ready to rock and roll. And it's a fitting end. It's exactly the way it should be. 
And, uh, you know, whether they planned it or they didn't, and I'm telling you, they didn't plan it. Having Scherzer, I don't know anybody would have thought we'd have at this point. This was going to be, if things had gone normally and there was a game seven, this would have been a a mixed mashup of, of guys for the Nationals you know, the Corbins of the world. Give me Annabelle. Like, instead, we're getting Scherzer in a game seven against Granky. That's just the way it worked out. And I think that's exactly baseball gods. That's what they wanted. Give us two number ones going at each other, ready to go. And uh, as good as Strasburg was, I mean, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention just how bad Verlander has been yeah, in see. the World Series, guys. This is now 0-6 in World Series starts and decisions here. He was the first guy to ever lose his first five, uh, and and which is amazing when you think of the Hall of Fame career he's had. But now this is number six. And while, listen, three runs and three earned runs, it's not terrible, but we're talking about Verlander. We're not talking about Joe Ross. We're not talking about Annabelle Sanchez. Justin Verlander to be 0-6 uh, and have close to a six ERA is mind-blowing to me, Dane. And I, it won't affect his Hall of Fame-ness, obviously. No. But damn, dude, he is, you know, he's not one of those guys that, you know, you're looking, uh, apparently, for some reason. I don't know what it is, but 0-6 is 0-6. It is. And you're right. Like, I mean, he went out there and threw five and gave up three earned runs, right? right? Like, if this was a Tuesday in July, no one would be say, say anything about it, you right. know? But... In this series, when we've been talking about Strasburg and Scherzer and Cole and Granke, and, and, you know, we've been saying that the starting pitching at any point in time can, you know, dominate and, you know, make everything else irrelevant. And and, and Verlander did not hold up to his end of the bargain. You mentioned 0-6, Joe, and, and that's true. For me, and I've, I've said it the whole time, for me, it's the fact that with these five innings, the man now has 258 on his arm for mm. this season, and he's 36 yeah. years old. And I think it's not only the World Series. We saw his play drop in the entire playoffs. The Rays got to him early. The Yankees got to him early. And now mm. Washington as well. So for me, I think it's just... You know, a guy in his mid-30s hitting the wall after 250-plus innings as opposed to the trend of all the World Series starts across his entire career. But he's done for the season now, too, so we'll see. You can't have it both ways, guys. If you're backing Kershaw and you dismiss it, then you better dismiss what's going on with Verlander because you can't you can't rip one without ripping the other anymore. All right, more on this game. Game 7 coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, it is a game seven, guys, so it is definitely time for you to get in the game with a DraftKings Sportsbook account. And listeners of this show, you guys can get a deposit bonus of up to 500 bucks. Here's how it works. You create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. You make a deposit. Then you place your first bet, DraftKings. They'll match it with a 50% bonus of up to $500. Now, the offer is eligible to all users, plus new users. You guys get a risk-free bet of up to 200 bucks. Just head over to sportsgrid.com forward slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com 
forward slash DK. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website for details. And welcome in here to Make It Rain on this Wednesday, October the 30th. As uh, the month winds down, November just around the corner. Halloween. Uh, it's amazing that we are at this point, week nine of the NFL. The trade deadline came and went yesterday. Uh, not like there wasn't a whole lot of drama for a lot of teams and players there yesterday. Ultimately, it did come and it did go without a, you know, kind of a whimper. But we'll talk about what did happen yesterday. Uh, World Series, of course, game seven tonight, which is going to be awesome. He is Dane Martinez. I'm Joe Ranieri. And we've got... Yeah, we got a game seven that uh, barely, uh, but we got it if it wasn't for the baseball gods uh, walking in and interfering <clears throat> with the outcome of that game last interference. night. Interference. Yes, interference. So the big drama, and I don't know that Joe Torre has lucked out like he lucked out last night. Thank you, Anthony Rendon. Uh, but the play was in the seventh inning, and this is what it sounded like. On the broadcast, when and even you'll hear it in Joe Buck's voice too, as well. That's a tough play for Peacock, and safe at first. Paul gets away, and the runners will advance to second and third. And now they're going to call the runner out for being inside the line. And in the way of the throw, and we're going to get an argument now as Dave Martinez is furious. I have never seen in uh, in one play in a game before where the entire world, all at least in the gambling Twitter world, all agreed on the same, all saw it the same way and the same damn thing where they all thought that play and that call was total Mickey Mouse, Bush League, minor league, A-ball kind of crap. Not what you would get at game six of a major league game. It all came down to Trey Turner was ruled to have interfered with the first baseman there, knocked his glove off, uh, couldn't catch the ball. So that's why they called him out. Now it is, as we had come to find out, Dan, it's a judgment call by the umps there. Apparently. And uh, a judgment call comes with a whole lot of set of rules, other rules that apparently the umpires Can't didn't <laughs> know. And that's the big problem here with all of this is that the rule itself makes total sense. All right. I understand the rule. There's nothing wrong with the rule of you can't interfere with a first baseman trying to make a play. We get it right. We That's that's not the problem. The problem was it being implemented in this play. That was the Bush League because, A, he was safe. Uh, he was there before the ball was there. So it makes it very hard to have an argument that he interfered with the first baseman. Where he was already on the bag before the uh, first baseman was able to make the catch or didn't make the catch. You're rewarding a bad throw by calling that, by the way. Um, and, oh, yeah. You made the call, and then you spent five minutes with headsets on reviewing it. But like Dane, like we learned, the play's not reviewable. So why in the world would you take five minutes, leave the pitcher on the mound to sit there and wait for you to come back and go, yeah, guys, like by the way, he's home out. Run, yeah, he's out. Yeah, he's <laughs> out, guys. But we're sorry we wasted five minutes of your time and let the pitcher get cold because his next pitch, guys, the very next pitch, 
from that pitcher, all right, ended up going like this. And Rendon shoots one in the left. Back at the wall, it is gone. Anthony Rendon. And the lead is three here in the seventh inning for the Nationals. It's 5-2. Now that was the that was the baseball gods, Dane, going, all right, you know what I mean? Let's 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 make sure this doesn't get out of hand. But you notice the other thing that stuck out to me was the fact that. Even the Houston Astros players knew that was Bush League. Yeah, Gurriel like, was laughing. Did you see? They that? knew it was. They got away with murder there. Now, unfortunately, it didn't. It didn't eventually have the effect that it could have. But again, World Series Game Six, not a Tuesday night in June or March or April, guys. World Series Game Six. You can't make that call as a home plate umpire, man. You just can't do it. I, did you see anything that was out of line there? Any interference? So. Uh, so, no, to answer your question, but there's a lot of things at play here, Joe, okay? There really, really is, okay? First of all, I think you you framed it great. Like, who did it really screw? We thought yeah. it was going to screw the Nationals, and it turned out to screw the Astros because, like yep. you said, the next yep. pitch after the 10-minute delay, boom, right? So, ultimately, like you said, Rashid Wallace always said, ball don't lie, and that's what this was. But, and you're right, Gurriel was laughing. The Astros knew it. I think what was interesting to me was that, honestly, Joe, for like for, – for five minutes, I thought that what the call in question was was that Trey Turner was out of the baseline. That's what I thought the call was at first. That's what I thought they were reviewing for like five minutes. Okay, Then it comes out that what they were actually reviewing was the interference with Guriel, right? And then – it comes out that and that it, that's a judgment call that they can't actually be reviewing that. So it's like, wait a second. Well, then what are they reviewing? Then we hear afterwards that no, it was actually the Nationals wanted to file a protest. And they were on the, ho- the horn with New York to find out that no, you can't protest that because it's a judgment call. All the while, the Fox audio is getting Trey Turner in the dugout, literally sunning Joe Torre. Like, live being like yo he's right there why is he got his head down we don't need to go to new york joe tory's right there let's just mm. ask him why does he have his head down he doesn't want to show he knows it right mm. that was gold joe mm. that was hysterical and, yeah. and and trey turner was right you know it's a protest thing it's not reviewable he was right about that it turns out that it is a judgment call and joe i just disagree with the judgment i agree with you i disagree yeah. with the judgment like in football, you know the DB has the same right to the the ball when it's in the air as the wide receiver? That's what this was. This was literally Turner's last step. He was mm-hmm. already lunging, and he was, you know, his left foot hits the dead center of the base. So he's yep. not in line. It was a bad throw that Guriel was reaching for, and Turner had it beat anyway. So now the way that MLB gets out of it, is by calling it a judgment call. So we can't replay it. We have to make the umps look good. It was a judgment call. Can't do jack about it. But it was just a bad judgment. It was just a bad call. That's all it was. And then ball don't lie. Rendon saves the day. The rule makes sense. I under, we under, nobody's arguing the yes. rule, all right? You can't because we've seen guys run on the right. inside of the grass. Like, we've seen all of that going. I rule. get the rule. But the, the umpire just made the, the wrong judgment of that rule at that moment 
where you guys do realize it's impossible to be outside of the line and have to be able to touch the base. Like, there's no way you, you can't touch the middle of the base unless you at some point are straight lining it right through the base. Like, you can't be all the way to the right. Like, at some point, you got to get in line with the base in order to hit it. But, oh, yeah. He was safe before the ball got there. Like, he, he actually beat the throw, and the throw was bad. But what he did was you rewarded a bad throw. Bad throw. That, that's what you did. You rewarded him, uh, Peacock, for throwing the ball like a like a turd up the line. And But he was safe regardless. And everything that happened after that moment was so amateur, I can't even begin to tell you that Nobody, people were scrambling. The guys downstairs were all like, I don't know what's going on. And this has always been my problem with baseball and review. If you're watching it on a Tuesday night, guys, and all of a sudden the guys are on the headsets, you have no idea. Like you have zero idea what the hell they're discussing. And then all of a sudden they just make a call and they go back. And you're like, there's no interaction with the audience whatsoever. And it's even got to be even worse for the people in the stands. Because they had no idea what was going on either. We knew it because we were watching TV and we got it on the broadcast. But the people in the stands, because they were saying it was a baseline thing, Joe. Joe Buck was saying it was a baseline thing. You know, they thought that the call in question was the baseline. And they were like, look, he seems to be running inside, blah, blah, blah. And then they didn't even realize that it was interference as the call, not a baseline call. I mean, you're right. If you're in the stands, you're sitting there for 10 minutes. You don't know what the hell you're doing. But even us on the broadcast. Yeah, we Why? were misinformed on the broadcast, though. Yep, you know, exactly they correct. It was the baseline call that was being reviewed. And yep. it turns out that's not what was going on. It was the yep. interference and a protest. And they were on the headset, really, to clarify that they were not allowed to protest. That's what the umps were actually on the phone with, or at least the story that Joe Torrey is going with at this point in time. Yeah. Which right? is but also not what we were told we were told they were confirming the rule with new york that in fact uh it was a judgment call and that yes the rule is if you interfere with the guy but yeah no and then it kept changing and by the time the end of the game come and joe torrey's like no 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 it was the right call no it wasn't the right call that's the whole point anytime you have a judgment call like that uh if it's not clear as day he basically called it because he lost his glove. That was glove, why right. he and it called it. It looked more dramatic because exactly the glove Exactly correct. Yeah. But somebody at that point has to step in and go, no, nah, he was already safe. Like the first base umpire's got to go, no, nah, he beat the throw regardless. Like, so it That's really like, doesn't make a difference. It, he was there. But, you know, who did have, uh, was clearing it up for us last night on social media, which was great. Uh, Kate Upton had, uh, had something to say on social media. I'll, I'll show you because, thank goodness, uh, Kate Upton's not biased at all. Uh, okay. She had the perfect, perfect explanation for it. We'll let you see that along cool. with just Kate Upton. Maybe I'll just show you Kate Upton. Forget about what she said. Uh, but that's coming up here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So uh, a big uh, big shout-out to uh, Kate Upton for clearing it up on social media last night, what exactly had happened in the game. And, of course, uh, you know, Kate is 
not biased at all. Not like she's, you know, married to Justin Verlander or anything. But uh, she was nice enough to uh, to post this. And maybe the best part about this, Dane, too, is that uh, this was sent to me last night by Sean. By Sean G, right? Sean and, G. Yeah, it's obvious, as you can tell from the picture, he, he had this on his phone and he took a screenshot. But I'm just curious. Like, I follow a lot of people on Twitter. But, like, I don't get notifications for, like, when Kate Upton posts anything. The fact that he actually, this popped up on his phone and he screenshotted it. Like, what in the world at that moment would make you go, I wonder what Kate Upton's got to say. But that's a whole, we'll, we'll take that up with Sean later. Uh, yeah. But she was trying to clear this up going, you know what? He wasn't within the base pass. Those, and this was great. The old passive aggressive, those who don't know comment there. Right, but right, right. she then goes on to say, I don't know, because she doesn't know why the review is taking so long, which mm-hmm. was back to our point, Dane. Nobody does in baseball like nobody, not even the broadcasters. Forget about the people at the stadium. Not even the broadcasters could get a clear, precise understanding of what they were talking to New York at the headset in, because it, there was for a, during that five minutes. I honestly thought, like, New York's going to get this call right. They're going to overturn it. They're good to yeah. go, right? I mean, that's, you know. I thought and they were debating. Even, I thought right. that debate was like, we can't make this call. We can't have yeah. this be the call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, because there was nothing. And by the way, she's she's wrong on on everything about this uh, to oh, yeah. post, okay? You, you, don't, you don't have to be within those two little lines there, darling. I, I don't know what to tell you here, Kate. That's not the rule. That's not what was going on. Um, and we've seen this. Dan, if you'd have seen that on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night, right, in June, would yep. that ever in a million years have been called? Probably not. not. Right. No. It, prob- there was nothing egregious with it. But, no, you don't have to run inside the two white lines. No. Like, no, 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 no. But thanks for participating, Kate. Uh, And it turns out that not even the umpires, and maybe this is the most disheartening thing, Dane, because I, in a million years, never, ever thought any, any other professional sport would be able to make the NFL refs look like geniuses. And that's exactly what Major League Baseball and the umpires did last night. They made NFL refs look like, because even NFL refs are like, see, you thought we were bad. Like they, that was in a game six of a world series. I, uh, that, if that would have turned out any differently, which it mm-hmm. might have, we'd be having a t- Joe Torrey would oh, be yeah. having, I can't, he might've quit by this morning without having to deal with that S storm. And I don't blame Davey Martinez. Cause he was told guys that he put in the thing and said, I want I'm protesting this game. Protesting. They said, okay to him. Then they had to come back in between the inning and say, by the way, yeah, that's what he was arguing, crap. right? Yeah, we, he, we can't. He, they disallowed his protest. That's what he was and allowed. He went ballistic. Right. Really you did. told him yes, then you told him no. Like, you, all you did for 20 minutes was screw with Dave, uh, Dave Martinez and the National. That's all you did in that 20 minutes because the umps aren't even sure what the rule is. So if you're not sure what the rule is, how do you go ahead and make a call like that? It, it, beyond me, in a World Series game, beyond me. In that spot, in that spot, yeah. in game seven, in the seventh inning yes. of a one-run game. Yeah, like, if, really? If Houston came back and won that game 4-3, I have oh. no idea what we would be talking about this morning. I really don't, This Joe. is two games in a row now. Are we not a oh, conversation the robot about the, the, the strike zone? Yeah, yeah, the guy with the night before who but blamed the catcher. Listen, 
By the way, blame the catcher of the Nationals for 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 it being a ball, and the catcher was like, "It Gomes is like, it's my fault. Like it's my fault. You suck, and you missed the call." But here's the thing, Joe. Robot umps wouldn't change this because this was a judgment call. Yes. Yes. Okay. And 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 I we have to clear this up again. You know, Kate Upton saying this. The whole world was wrong. Okay. Yeah. The call was not that Trey Turner was out of the baseline. That right. was not the call. That is not why Trey Turner was ruled out. Okay. That that is that has to be stated over and over again. Yep. You, me, Joe Buck, Kate Upton, the whole world thought that that's what was at issue and that's what was being replayed. That is incorrect. Okay, the call, as we are led to believe, as Joe Torrey told us after the game, the call was that Trey Turner interfered with Guriel trying to make the catch and that that is a judgment call which cannot be reviewed. Okay, I just think it was a bad judgment. And here is the rule, Joe. 5.09A-11. Not in terms of the baseline, but in terms of interference, Joe. And the runner has to, here's a word, intentionally make contact. That didn't happen, Joe. And that it's okay to make contact when you are lunging at the base in your last step. Like all bets are off Mm -hmm. on the last step. Trey Turner was clearly in his final lunge. And the word intentional is what does it for me. Oh, he mm-hmm. didn't intentionally make contact. The throw drew Guriel into the base path, and it yep. was, you know, it was incidental contact, right? That's and correct. so that is what I believe was the bad judgment. It's not yep. a misapplication of the rule. The rule is in place. It's just that the rule never gets called, okay? I understand why the rule is in place. This was just a bad judgment because there was no intentional contact Right. And it was like the last step in the last lunge. That is why interference there was a bad judgment call. Um, this has nothing to do with the baseline. Zero. Absolutely zero. And again, we've seen much. <laughs> we, you talk about egregious guys. We've seen guys run on the on the inside grass. OK, yeah. uh, down. Uh, we've seen everything from guys like this is that was absolutely not base path related. And. He beat the throw. That was the other thing nobody <laughs> wanted to talk about, which I would have thought would have been a great question to Tori. Like, Joe, what do you do when he's already safe? Like, he beat the throw. You're talking about something that happened after he had already touched the base. So, like, what, that still applies? He was safe. It doesn't make a difference if the glove fell off at that point, does it? Uh, if you're safe, here's you're my safe. Also, Joe. You know what's interesting to me is, like, the NFC Championship game. We had the pass interference call, right? Mm-hmm. And I was saying right after that, I would really hate if football gets a little reactionary and they be able to replay that and look at what we have now. On the post-game show, I saw a big poppy, and he was like, listen, people do this all the time. We have to get better clarity on this. In the winter meetings, they're going to have to whatever. I fear, Joe, that we're going to get some weird rule in the winter meetings in December or January being like, oh, like some new rule about running in the base paths because – People are right. In in July, they said this happens all the time, okay? And it's mm-hmm. unclear. You see people veering in. And let me tell you something, Joe. When I was a kid, I played some catcher. I was taught that if a guy's running in the middle of the baseline on like a bunt or whatever and he's running inside, you know what you do? You put one in his ear hole. You drill the runner. That's the way I was taught, Joe. Mm-hmm. You um, always, 
always do that, Dane. Like nothing has changed uh, in in a million years of baseball. Nothing is taught. If it's running inside the baseline, you drill the runner, and then it'll be marked out for being out of the baseline. Exactly correct. But again, if you're if you you have to understand at some point, guys, you have to veer back. You have to hit that base in a straight line. Like you can't come at it if you're too far inside. You can't get to the base. So at some point, you've got to be in the baseline down the middle of the base. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was a bad You're going to have to do it. Physics won't allow you to be able to be inside the the base and touch the middle of the base. It's not going to happen, guys. You can't be by the coach's box and touch the middle of the base. You got to be in the base path. But it's the implementing it and the nerve of the guy, really, to me, to just sit there and call that and then make that call and think what? No, but... That was it? Like, the, what? The, there was, And then you didn't even know that it couldn't be. I mean, it was everything that happened after that was a comedy of errors, which led to eventually, and you're right, we all thought it might bite Washington in the air like this. Was, but it ended up screwing Houston anyway. And Houston, guys, you watch the reaction, which oh, around yeah. every player on there, they all knew it was Bush League. Every one of them knew it would. They were actually really? laughing like, wow, that was that was a bad call. Like, wow, that was not it was Bush League. And did you notice, by the way, you didn't get you didn't see Hinch or anybody else coming out there going, hey, give the guy some warm up pitchers or something. Did you? No, like nobody. Yeah, nobody. So the ball doesn't lie. And then eventually in the ninth, just to put his stamp on it. He hits that two uh, that two run double there to blow it up in yeah. seven to two. All in all, guys, first five plus one sixty if you had it there, uh, plus one fifty, one sixty. You got the Nats full game. You got the Nats plus one sixty, one sixty five. The over also hits there last night. It was hammering back and forth between seven and seven and a half. If it was seven, the over was getting hammered with juice. Uh, if it was uh, if it was seven and a half, they did the same thing on the under. None of that mattered because ultimately when you score nine runs, that's more than seven or seven and a half. The overcashed tonight, game seven, you've got yourself minus 140, Dane, somewhere around there and plus 120 for the Nats. Is that what we're hovering around? Correct. And you know, and what is interesting the, real quick, Joe. Uh, where's the total at, ago, though? Is the total the at seven? The number was different than the game seven number. They have since corrected it. Yeah, well, it's different across. There's a lot of places like that right now that the discrepancy is ridiculous. Well, um, they got is it that. seven? It should be the same Or is it number. seven and a half? Yes. Which one? Seven, seven and a half. Seven, it's seven, seven and a half. And where, seven and a half, but the under has the juice at 125, minus 125. So we could be seeing, uh, we could see, be well, it's going to go down. So it's going to, it's going to do the same thing there with Scherzer and Cranky. So yeah. it's you got to get in on that, depending on what you guys want to do. Now, where is the series now uh, opening up at? It's the same. It's the same. It's so the, the same. game, at least on FanDuel, the game right. is Houston minus one thirty-eight, Washington plus one twenty, and the series price is the same exact number. Literally yeah. an hour ago, though, Joe, the game seven number was like Houston minus, you know, say Houston minus uh, 138. But for the mm-hmm. series, Houston was like minus 150. And I was yeah, like, exactly. Second. Same thing. It's I've seen same, that it's now. The same exact number yeah, at this point. I've seen that but in they have four different that. books now across the uh, across yeah. the world, the globe, that are going, I know wait that a minute. The, I know that the internal <laughs> staff of FanDuel, I know that they look at this now at 7.15 a.m. And that's when they, that's when they reset this stuff because that's when it changed. <laughs> They so if you want to get there. it, get it before 7.15 yep. a.m. Early yep. bird catches the worm against FanDuel, 7.15 Eastern time. 
Not just them. There were a lot of places that you could have hit the uh, play button there and you would have uh, you'd have gotten yourself a whole lot of value. So uh, it does seem to be working itself out. But again, if you picked it up yesterday, yesterday was great value with the six to one, the opportunity to back the Mm -hmm. Nationals, because even at plus one sixty on the money line, it was you know, you were going to sprinkle a little something on there, but you had to correlate that bet. You had to take the national. If you thought they were going to win last night and you did not pay, um, you know, bet the series, I don't know what you guys are are thinking here, man, because game seven, anything can happen. Even if Scherzer wasn't available, it's a game seven. There is absolutely zero statistical uh, data, Dane, showing us that a game seven actually favors one team or the other. There is actually nothing when it comes to do or die game sevens in major league baseball. There is no clear edge. There's been three. uh, I'm sorry. There have been 10 instances since 2005 where we've gotten to this point in the series in the postseason. Dogs have won five of them, guys. Favorites have won five. Road teams, by the way, five and five. So there's really there's there's zero edges split down the middle in a game seven. That's what we were telling you yesterday. Like, yeah. guys, it is a coin flip in a game seven. So it we got we got ten games, Dane, showing us. You know what? Five and five, man. That's it. Five and five. Hey, you know the term "throw it all out the window." I don't care about the trends or the stats at this point tonight. No. <laughs> I'm gonna be just on what I think is gonna happen. It's one game for all the marbles, Joe. Who knows what's gonna go down? It's a coin flip, guys. Let's hope it right. doesn't come down to the... They're the two best teams challenge. in baseball. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. So, uh, sorry to Mattress uh, Mac there, who uh, lost uh, a couple million dollars there last night because he got uh, greedy. Degenerate gambler he is. Guy went from being a, a marketing genius to uh, now he's just betting millions of dollars every chance he gets on the Astros. Like, dude, slow down here, man. Uh, but he did. He got bit last night. He dropped uh, $1.3 million on a pair of bets. Money line last night. He took the Astros at minus 172 in uh, in game six. And, yeah, he lost. But now he's got he's got $11 million riding on tonight's game. And uh, will they or won't they? Now, I don't know. I don't think we are privy to if he has any. I know he's got insurance, obviously, for uh, for some of the for some of that. But I'm not sure what the other hedge bets are here, Dane. Uh, he hasn't listed them all. We do know he's got a nine million dollars on the Nats tonight. <laughs> yeah, he got that's what I mean. I don't know what he's got ahead, but it wouldn't surprise me, this guy, because he apparently can't help himself. He's dropping million-dollar bets. He's been doing it since uh, all of October in the postseason. Yeah. But I got to think, knowing Scherz is on a mound tonight, uh, you think he drops an extra? You think he doubles down on the money line tonight in this game? No, I mean, I think his outlay is good at this point. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, like, come on. I mean, I, I, more power to him. More power to him, Joe. I mean, 
this is his ad budget for the rest of his life, right? He's getting all the pub he needs, win or lose, mattress mad, and his whatever his mattress store is, is going to be a damn landmark. You don't think he's going to be the official furniture store of the Houston Astros next season? I mean, come on. You know, but... Not that the Texans, everybody. <laughs> everybody, right? But, but no, I don't think he goes to the well again. I think he watches this game by himself in his right. basement, secluded, um, and we'll see if he pops out tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not but... necessarily sure because, you know, people are trying to frame this guy like, oh, well, you know, he's a, he's a great sports better. Like, no, he's not. No, he's like, not. what he is is he's no, a media not. whore who's right. got more money to piss away on bets than any he's of us. He's got 20 million of discretionary yeah. income and wants a little bit of buzz is what he wants. Yeah, it doesn't mean he's a great handicapper, guys. It nah. just means that he's a good marketer. That's, That's what right. he is. But he's That's also right. a degenerate gambler. Like, call it they for should what have it like is, an guys. ISO cam on him or something. Yeah. Well, you know what? Dave? He does everything we tell you not to do. Don't bet with your heart. Don't bet with your don't bet with your gut. Bet the numbers. He's just betting the Astros because that's where his business is. Oh, man. Okay. Hour two coming up.